I'm so glad to be with you today. I really mean it. Thank you for joining me. And I pray the Lord will use this beautiful teaching today on communion to bless your life and to strengthen you in the faith. I began yesterday talking about the importance of this covenant meal and the results in our life. And wonderful Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you're going to show us today. To you be all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, wonderful Jesus. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Luke 22, verse 19 and 20. And he took bread and gave thanks, and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. It's a celebration. David wrote in Psalm 23, something beautiful. Go with me to Psalm 23, and we're going to read together verse 5 and 6. And so it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my head, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Communion is a celebration. The Lord Jesus, in Luke 22, presented the covenant. Then, later in Luke 24, which I will show you, he had a celebration of the work of Calvary in Emmaus. You remember that he broke bread with them, and then they recognized it. That was a celebration of the victory. And every time we have communion, we celebrate the victory of Calvary. So I want to I repeat, in Luke 22, the Lord presented the covenant to say, this is my body, this is my blood. But in Luke 24, after he rose from the dead, and he joined Cleopas and the other unnamed disciple on the road to Emmaus. It says he broke bread again with them. Why? Celebration. David talks about celebrating the work of Calvary when he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Meaning, it's a celebration over the enemies when we partake of the Lord's body, when we partake of the blood. It's a celebration because the table of the Lord speaks of celebration. And he said, you, thou preparest a table before me. Not I prepared it, you prepared it. Meaning, 
You set the table, Lord. And now the enemies are watching and they are defeated because thou anointest my head with oil, meaning victory over the enemy. My cup runs over with joy because of victory over the enemies. Now goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, not the enemies. All they're doing is just watching in defeat, watching in shame as we follow the Lord in goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy will follow me all, all the days of my life because I'm following Jesus. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So communion is celebrating the victory of Calvary over the enemy. So this is so beautiful because communion <clears throat> is really, it's the door between two worlds. It's that point of contact that we come to the door and the Holy Spirit opens the way for us. And now we begin to meet with God. It's the door that opens for us. So let me just talk about something really beautiful. You know, the Lord said, do this in remembrance of me. Like, what did he mean by do this in remembrance of me? Well, he didn't mean uh, mentally. Because the word remember has a total different meaning to the people in the East. Because in the West, it's a memory mentally. In the East, it involves the whole being, and it involves a meal. Because you remember with your whole being when you partake of a meal, like the Jewish people at Passover. They celebrate the victory of coming out of Egypt with a meal that brings that back. It kind of, you relive it. Communion is reliving the cross. When I have communion, I literally thank the Lord for Gethsemane. I relive Gethsemane. And then I go to the house of Caiaphas and I relive what happened in the house of Caiaphas. Because in Gethsemane, his sweat became blood. In the house of Caiaphas, they, they beat him. They blinded him. They mocked him. They spit upon him. And he went from there, and they pulled his beard off in the house of Caiaphas. His face was disfigured in the house of Caiaphas, fulfilling Isaiah. And then I go to the Praetorium and I repeat all that to the Lord and I thank him for what he did for us in Gethsemane and what he did for us in the house of Caiaphas and what he did for us before Pilate. And before Pilate, the soldiers mocked him, spit upon him, put a crown of thorns upon him, whipped him with metal on those 
on those whips. His body was broken in the Pretoria. And then I thank him for carrying the cross to Golgotha and the blood he shed as he carried it. And then I go with him to Golgotha and I relive the, the crucifixion. And I thank him that his, he, his blood was shed when those nails went into his hands and feet and, the, and they pierced his side. And, and you can't believe the amazing anointing I feel every single time I have communion. The presence of the Lord that comes, I relive the moment. That's what he meant by do this in remembrance. He didn't just say remember, uh -uh. do this in remembrance. So to the Western world, it's a memory. No, no, it's not a memory. It's a reality that comes back to life in our experience in communion. And that's what the Jewish people do every Seder, every Passover. They relive Passover. And we are commanded to relive that moment. So it's not thinking about a past event. It's the activity of our whole person, spirit, mind, emotions, and body. That's what it means by do this, do this. And then it means to recreate the event, like I just showed you. Bringing the past into the presence, reliving it. And, and yes, employing rituals and symbols. That's what the Jewish people do every Passover. And we take the bread and we relive what happened to the Lord. We take the cup and we relive what happened to the Lord. And so, this is what it really means, do this in remembrance. It's an, it's an active participation in a reality, in a true reality. Thank you, Lord. It's the finished work of the cross that is brought into the now, into the present moment. Jesus present with us in all his glory present with us in the very act of communion. That's why I talk about union in the communion. So think about a past moment, a past uh, blessed act of love, suddenly becoming a present moment. And, and the Lord and you coming together in that union, in communion. I don't know if you heard me tell the story years ago. I was served communion in New Mexico by a group of charismatic Catholic sisters. And I will never forget that experience as long as I live. I literally felt the body. I was kneeling in front of the altar and my eyes were, were closed. And the Reverend Mother was preparing the elements to serve me. I literally felt a person in front of me. And I thought it was the nun, but it wasn't when I opened my eyes. Uh, there, was, there was no one there. 
and then it happened again. Then it happened a third time. And when I opened my, my eyes, I didn't see anyone, but I could still feel the, I could still feel the, the, the actual body of the Lord. That experience changed my life because, and that was years ago when I did not know much of what I know today, that communion brings the Lord into that union with us, where he becomes real, more real than life itself, in all its glory. So uh, Luke 22, 19 and 20, the Lord presented the covenant. In Luke 24, 30, it was a celebration it was a triumph, and that's what the psalmist talked about. So, and, and he was made known to them in Luke 24. He was made known to them in the breaking of bread. And I believe when we come into the presence of the Lord like this, he's made known to us in a new revelation, in a, in a, in a, in a new way, as we partake communion. So, we literally experience or we partake of the Lord in a very powerful way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's look at that together. And that's verse 16. I believe the Lord is going to heal people today as we, as we pray together. It says, the cup of blessing which we bless isn't not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break isn't not the communion of the body of Christ. That word communion means fellowship, participating in, uniting together in partnership with the Lord. Think about what I just said. Uniting together in partnership with the Lord. That's what Paul said here. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion? Is it not the fellowship? Is it not the participation in the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not the fellowship, participation in, coming into unity together with the body of Christ, not just the blood? So. Paul really is saying, in eating and drinking, the believer not only participates in, but unites with, unites with the Lord, has fellowship and communion with the Lord. It's so powerful. So, basically, we take into ourselves the body and the blood of Jesus. And the next verse points out something so powerful in verse 17. It says, for we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. This is an amazing mystery. That the believer eats of the bread and drinks of the cup, in so doing, partakes of Christ, partakes of the Lord, and now he in us and we 
in him. It says, for we being many are one bread and one body with the Lord. For we are all partakers of that one bread. So you see what I'm saying here. When we do, like the, like the Lord said, do this in remembrance. And we go through every step of what happened on that day. We relive it. It becomes a part of us. And now a fellowship begins. The communion begins with the blood of Jesus, with the body of Jesus. We literally partake of the bread, partake of the cup, and we partake of the Lord at that moment. He in us, we in Him. It's a mystery, I know, but you know, the early church never asked any questions about this truth. They simply embraced it. They simply embraced it. And I believe this is exactly what the Lord meant in John 6 when he talked about, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And many disciples says, no one, we, we, we can't understand this, and they walked away. And he looked at the apostles and said, will you leave? And Peter said, you have the word of life. To whom shall we go? Even at that moment, they did not understand what he said. Even the, the apostles did, did not understand. But they knew this is the Messiah. And nothing that he says has no meaning. He's the Son of God. Nothing that he says is empty. There are no meaningless details in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit reveals that to us. So in communion, we experience John chapter 6, where we partake of the Lord's body. We partake of the Lord's blood. We unite with him in fellowship. So the, the bread and the wine are really God's delivery system. They're, just, they're God's way to deliver uh, all the blessings of the covenant to us and in us. So communion is the way God pours the blessings of the covenant into, into our lives and brings healing to our entire body, to our entire person. So the glorified Lord Jesus calls us to the covenant meal. The food he serves is his body and blood. And faith in our hearts reaches out and now partakes of the mystery and we say amen. We partake of the mystery and now we are nourished with everlasting life. Think about that. Everlasting life. So when the Lord said 
This is my body given to you. This is my blood shed for you. What was he saying? He was saying, I give myself to you, my God, with finality, with totality. I give myself to you totally. I give you my body means intimacy. I give you my heart and my love and I give you intimacy. We become one in body. The totality of his being is when he said, take, eat my body. The totality of his being. I'm, I'm sensing the Lord's presence just talking about it. In drinking the blood, it's his life. He's saying to you and me, I give you my life. Not only do I give you my body, that we might become one being, one in spirit. Isn't that amazing? He gives us the totality of his being. So when we hold that bread and we partake of that bread, it's not bread. It's the totality of his being in the spirit. When we partake the cup, it's the totality of his life. Life eternal. means we will never die again. How can you die when you partake of life? Spiritually, we're in him. He is in us. Life eternal now is one with us. And we are one with him because he is life eternal. I pray that you'll begin to experience communion like that, where you will relive Gethsemane, relive what happened in the house of Caiaphas, relive what happened in the Praetorium before Pilate, relive what the soldiers did to the Lord. Relive as he carried his cross to Golgotha. Relive Golgotha. And I promise you, as you repeat to the Lord what happened and you thank him, it will so become a part of your life, it will change your life. And that's when healings and miracles happen in people's lives, in people's bodies, because they unite with the Lord. They become a part of what happened on Calvary. Blessed Jesus, I thank you. Now, Lord, I pray you'll bless your people with a blessed revelation of that fellowship and communion. Oh, Holy Spirit, let your presence be so real right now in their life. In the name of Jesus. Would you, would you stretch your hands towards me 
I'm stretching my hands towards you because I believe God's going to heal me right now. Lord, in your holy name, heal your people. Oh, blessed Lord, you took our sin and our disease on Calvary's cross. Thank you, Lord, for our deliverance from sin. That sin will no longer dominate our life. That sin will never again have dominion over our hearts and minds. Thank you, Lord, for liberty from sin and the power of sin. And soon the very presence of sin. I give you praise. We will be free from the very presence of sin. Thank you for delivering us from the penalty of sin. Thank you for delivering us from the power of sin. But soon we will be delivered from the very presence of sin because of your precious blood and work on the cross. And now, Lord, I pray healing, physical healing. Yes, Lord, heal your people calling upon your name. Remove that sickness, that infirmity, that disease, that pain in their body. In Jesus' holy name, I rebuke that sickness. I rebuke that disease. In Jesus' name. A brain tumor has just been healed. Thank you, Lord. Emphysema has just been healed. Thank you, Lord. A very, uh, very, very painful uh, uh, problem in someone's lower back. I just left. I give you praise, Lord. Someone's circulation in your right leg healed by the power of God. Thank you, Lord. A very serious infection in someone's left ear. Is, is, is also gone. Yes, Lord, I rebuke that cancer in the stomach in Jesus' name. I see a lady named Almira. Almira, you've had cancer in the stomach. And, and, and the doctors have said no hope. They're wrong, my dear. The Lord is healing you now, dear Jesus. Let complete healing happen now. Yes, Lord, burn the cancer out of her body in the name of Jesus. There's an Alex watching me, a man named Alex. Wow. And Alex, you've had a real problem with your back. In fact, you're wearing a brace right now, listening. And you just happened to walk in only minutes ago and uh, Someone had been watching me and you just kind of sat there and began looking. And as I prayed, you felt something go through your back. Lord, I give you the praise for that healing. Check it out, please. Check it out. The Lord is healing that dear man right now. I see with a mustache. I see with glasses. I see with uh, dark hair and you comb your, your, your hair to the, to the side. God has just healed you. Jesus, to you be the glory. I give you praise. Now listen, the greatest miracle is not the physical healing. It's the salvation of the soul. If you don't know the Lord, just say, Dear Jesus, I need you. 
forgive my sins. Cleanse me, Lord, with your blood. Come into my heart and save my soul. I surrender totally to you right now. And I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. To you belongs the praise. Amen and amen. I didn't expect all this today. Isn't Jesus so precious? Wow. Let me know if the Lord has healed you today or if you got saved by sending me an email. PastorBenny at BennyHinn.org PastorBenny at BennyHinn.org And it, it's time to give now to the Lord's work that the Lord may prosper you and bless you financially and meet your needs financially because He cares. Yes, He cares about our finances. He cares about everything in our life. Even the small details He cares about. So the information is on the screen for you. So you can give to the Lord's work and be blessed today. Father, bless them. Bless them and prosper them. We know financial needs. You'll take care of every one of them all in Jesus' name. For your name's sake. Amen. Okay, you can sow on the platform you're watching me on or you can go to our website, benihin.org. Or simply text BHM45777. And don't forget to get my new book, Mysteries of the Anointing. It's already in bookstores and on Amazon. And everywhere books are sold. Much love. I'll see you again tomorrow. Jesus is wonderful. Bye-bye. Ah.